Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Comment down below and upvote the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. We're here with Derek Vandegrift for our weekend series preview that we do every week. Ole Miss plays the Arkansas Razorbacks in Swayze. I think it's in Swayze um, yeah, this yeah, weekend. Yeah, and it's just in the middle of this meat grinder of a schedule that Ole Miss is going through because they still have, you know, they have to go three three games against State. They still have three games against LSU, and then it gets a little bit easier. But, man, the mm-hmm. SEC is just no joke, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an absolute bear. You know, we, we talked about it coming into the year, these first six weeks of conference play, how, uh, how tough it was, you know, with Vandy and Florida and A&M, Arkansas, State and LSU and – and you sit there and you swap home and away week after week, too. So you don't really get a chance to get in the groove playing a bunch of games in, in Oxford. Uh, you know, kind of stack wins a little bit. But, you know, big-time series coming up this weekend, a big baseball rivalry, Ole Miss and Arkansas. You know, that's that may be our biggest baseball rivalry, all the big games we've played over the last five to ten years against each other, whether it be in Omaha or in the Super Regionals, you know. Uh, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a big one. The Rebels really, really need to take two this weekend to stay on track. Yeah, and Ole Miss's struggles at the beginning of SEC play this year is kind of overshadowing the fact that Mike Bianco became the second all-time winningest SEC coach um, after the win over Memphis midweek. I, that That's yeah. a pretty pretty big deal. He passed his man Skip, Skip Bertman, um, which yeah. probably meant a lot to him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean – Huge congratulations to Mike Bianco, you know, uh, always been a huge fan of him, obviously what he's built this baseball program into. And, you know, it's nice to see all of his hard work pay off over these last 20 plus years, you know, and, and to be able to pass such a legend like Skip Bertman, who's probably the best coach in SEC history, you know, with all the titles he won down in Baton Rouge and uh, just super happy for Mike and, you know, kind of shows you how good Mike Bianco has been throughout his years here in Oxford. You know, uh, you, you don't get to that kind of number, uh, you know, in, unless you're really consistent year in and year out. He's never had that absolute dud year. And, you know, that's that's kind of where this comes to. So congratulations to Mike. And, uh, you know, now the next one up's Ron Polk. It's going to take a few years, you know, 19 years, something like that. But, uh, you know, if he, if he keeps the train rolling, I think he's got a chance to pass him as the – all-time winnings coach in SEC history, and, you know, I hope he does. And more than anything, I'm, I can't wait to be on be on the ride with him to, to see if he can catch him. Yeah, and if Mike Bianco wants to break that record, um, Mike Bianco will break that he record will. because he's like 55 years yeah, old at this point. Yeah, he's he's got plenty of time ahead of him, you know. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like we just said, you know, he, he never has those absolute dud years. He's going to win, you know, 30 games a year, it seems, every single year so. Uh, yeah, you know, we're really excited to see if he can catch him or not. It's going to be a fun ride. All right. The Arkansas Razorbacks, as we said earlier, coming into town. Tell me about the Arkansas Razorbacks. I know that they had some arm injuries on their pitching staff. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What are we looking at? Yeah, yeah. They've, they've had Brady Tiger go down. Uh, they're going to end up getting him back at some point this year, it sounds like. He's starting to ramp things up. Uh, luckily, it doesn't sound like we're going to end up seeing him in Oxford this weekend. So that's obviously a plus. But uh, still a really good ball club, though. Uh, Dave Van Horn, extremely good coach, obviously. I think he's, uh, 
you know, fifth all-time in SEC wins, if I'm not mistaken. He's just by just behind Bianco, like 40 games, 50 games, something like that behind him. So, uh, you know, he, he always has a really good club. And, you know, this this one's no different. It's a really, really balanced Arkansas Razorback club. You know, they uh, they pitch it okay, especially on Friday nights. Uh, what's, what's interesting with them is they took their ace, Hagen Smith, and they actually moved him to the bullpen. That way they can pick and choose where to use him on the weekends. A lot of times you'll see him coming out of the pen on Friday night to eat up the last four innings or something like that. Uh, you know, if it's a close game or like last weekend, they end up getting blown out on Friday. So they saved him for Saturday, and he come in through four or five really good innings for him. So uh, definitely an interesting uh, strategy that, that Dave Van Horn's using over there, but it seems to be working for them. They're, uh, you know, a club that, that pitches – fine they're they're not like Vanderbilt or, or, or Florida level from a pitching staff standpoint but they keep it they keep themselves in it and they they really hit the ball well especially their outfield you know they they've got uh, four guys hitting over 340 and and all four of them with an OPS over a thousand three of them with OPS is over 1200 so um, uh, a club that can really hit up and down the lineup and we're going to end up seeing a former Rebel this weekend, too. Uh, on, on Sundays, they've been swapping two pitchers in and out. One of them will start, one of them come out of the bullpen. Uh, but Cody Adcock, you know, he's he's going to be coming back to Oxford. He's with Ole Miss last year, and he's he's had a pretty good year. So it'll be interesting to see how he does coming back to Oxford. Obviously, Mike Bianco and the guys know him pretty well from his time in Oxford and, and hopefully know how to attack him. But he's pitched pretty well this year. Uh, on on Friday nights, Hunter Holen. That's that's one we got to worry about. You know, I whenever I look at weekend series, I always look see how many lefties they're throwing. And and Friday night, that's that's Hunter Holland. He's he, he's a lefty, and that's giving us fits throughout the year. So, um, you know, if we can get to him though, after Doherty with his performance last Friday, I thought he pitched really well. If we can go up there and match him pitch for pitch, and uh, you know, hopefully get into their bullpen, then we can still Friday and. Then you get Rebus on the mound, JT Quinn, who I thought looked really good, both of them last weekend. Uh, you know, we've we got a pretty good shot to win this series this weekend. And uh, bullpen's kind of coming around a little bit. You see some arms hopefully starting to emerge a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, just, just a really solid ball club top to bottom. You don't have to worry about Brady Tiger. That's nice. You just got to wonder when Dave Van Horn is going to let loose Hagen Smith, the big lefty coming out of the bullpen. So, uh, that's that's one thing we'll have to watch for this weekend where he uses him. What are they are looking like hitting the ball? I remember two years ago they were like just monsters out there. They're they're just yeah. a machine. Um, and uh, is it that level or have they dropped down a little bit? How does it look? Uh, well, they're they're pretty top heavy. About their first, I would say five, maybe six batters, something like that, are pretty tough. Uh, their entire outfield can really swing it. Jace Bofran, the, the right fielder, is having an incredible year for him right now. He's hitting 391 with six home runs. And Jared Wegner is the big bat in the lineup. He plays left field for him, 370, 12 home runs. Uh, the, the center fielder, Tavian Josenberger, he's hitting 362. He's got five home runs, but he's also the speedster. And that's kind of giving Ole Miss some fits a little bit this year. With people running, uh, you you kind of saw it Tuesday night with Memphis. Memphis was able to to create havoc on the base paths. We we're able to get out of it, but you know they ran a lot on Calvin Harrison. Had some success there, but he's got seven stolen bases on the year. Uh, you know, like like I said, when whenever you have three guys with OPSs over twelve hundred and four over a thousand, 
uh, yeah, they, they can really swing it. But, uh, you know, with the way Ole Miss's pitching staff, I, I, and I know it doesn't seem like it, but I, I think we really are starting to make strides uh, with, with trying to figure out some roles and stuff like that. Uh, Mason Nichols, you know, he, he really didn't pitch bad, even though he gave up that walk-off home run uh on on sunday for the rebels he he gave us i think two or three shutout innings going into that inning so uh you know i i think things are starting to turn around a little bit for us though so if we can keep those guys at bay uh you know we we might have found something with the rotation with doherty rebus and jt quinn and you know it shouldn't be too much longer until we're able to get hunter elliott back in there on that friday night roll and then riley maddox back there in the bullpen again too so there's arms coming we just got to keep our head above water and uh you know i i, I think mike and the guys are, are starting to figure some things out where they're they're starting to be able to put 27 outs together in in a game which was really a struggle you know two three weeks ago in particular yeah let's let's talk about this Ole Miss pitching staff you mentioned like doherty on friday night and then you have revis saturday and then you have jt mm-hmm. quinn right now on sunday Grayson Saunier actually had a good outing against Memphis yeah. in the midweek. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things we talked about was ways that they could get Jack Doherty into the bullpen, you know, trying to get mm-hmm. him back to get that together. Has Ole Miss solidified their bullpen a little bit? Um, is there a chance for Doherty to end, back, end up back as the closer? How, how, does, how does all this look midway through the SEC season? I think there's absolutely a chance that he gets his way back into the bullpen because I I think Mike and the guys also know that that's what's best for this pitching staff. They they need to be able to bring Doherty out in the high leverage situations a lot like Arkansas's doing with uh, Hagen Smith right now, right? I mean he was the Friday night guy and but but they needed help coming out of the pen, so they just threw him back there and said, hey, we're going to bring you in whenever we need you throughout the weekend, and we're going to burn you that way. Um, that's, that's what we need to do with Jack Doherty. But yeah, I definitely think there's a path there. Uh, number one, getting Hunter Elliott back, right? That's, that's the big one. You got to have him back to go on Fridays. Revis is, is a very solid SEC Saturday starter. So I think that that's a role he can take a hold of and, and not let go. And then at that point, it's still a battle between JT Quinn and Grayson Saunier. Like you said, Saunier, I thought looked really good Tuesday night against Memphis. Uh, he, he was really locating this fastball in areas where where it wouldn't get damaged, right? there, And there, it was the second inning, I think it was, when I was watching it. There were two fastballs in particular, one right on the outside corner and one he brought it back into the inside corner and didn't get the call on, on two strikes from the umpires, but but they were located really well. Uh, they, they had a lot of movement. They ran on him there. Uh, so that was really nice to see. He's not sitting there just throwing it over the plate fastball over and over again letting it get smashed he's able to move it around and i thought he located it well change up was good slider was good uh it, it was a very encouraging start for sony a tuesday night against memphis and and queen gets better i think every single time i see him pitch i mean that that curveball just i mean it, it it drops off the table it's a real weapon for him the the fastball is hard it doesn't move a lot which is a problem but if you're sitting there trying to gear up for anywhere from 94 to 96 and he drops that curveball in on you, uh, you know, that, that can really mess up the timing. And uh, that, I think I brought it up on a podcast earlier in the year when, when I watched JT pitch. The, the changeup seems to be a real weapon for him right now, too. It gave uh, – I can't remember who it was in the midweek, but he one game he pitched, he, he was using that changeup a lot to work off that fastball, and it absolutely gave him fit. So – it was it's it's really nice to see somebody have a three pitch mix just like Sonia showing right now. 
So if that's your options on Sunday, then you're okay. You don't have you don't want that to be a debate for a Saturday starter. That's why it's so important for Revis to be there and to hold that down. And after a shaky start against A&M, you know, uh, he, he really settled down after giving up runs early. And, you know, you look up and he ends up getting through the fifth and I think pitched into the sixth before they finally pulled him. Uh, and, and that was real big with Jack giving the sixth the night before, too, before that weather delay. And, you know, they said Jack would have come out for the seventh if it wasn't for that lightning delay, which – you know, that obviously sucks because that would have been another inning. We didn't have to use our pen. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think they're really starting to figure some things out right now. And now you've got to get Elliott back, get Doherty back in the bullpen, and then start figuring out roles from there. Uh, obviously, Doherty and Nichols be your late inning guys. Tocoian's been, I thought, pretty good so far as a freshman, right? He, he, he goes in there. He pitches a lot of innings. He gets out. Uh Morrell, I, I, I think, has pitched incredible for us this year. You know, he, he leads the SEC in appearances by a pitcher right now. You know, we, we use him so much. So if we can get him, you know, or get somebody to lighten the load a little bit on him, I, I think his stuff will play up a lot too. So we've, we've got arms coming, especially Maddox comes back too. And, and if we figure this thing out, the back half of the schedule sets up for us to really make a run. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. From big name experts to insiders, coaches, and players. National championship just finished, and they actually were debating all over the nation whether or not UConn, who has won four na- or five national championships in 25 years, is a blue blood. It's absolutely ridiculous. Locked On College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Derek, thank you very much for stopping by, buddy. All right, appreciate it, bud. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.